We're going to be in the book of First uh, Peter, book of First Peter, chapter number four. First Peter, chapter number four. Amen. As I was studying this out, I was just trying to think of what I could title this. And what I come up with, that God helped me come up with, is just being a Christian at the end. Yeah. Amen. It, yeah. We're going to look at a, a couple things here that Peter says that I believe we can apply to our Christian lives to help us to become better Christians here at the end. Amen. All right, so we're going to begin reading in verse number one. It says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise in the same mind that he hath suffered in the flesh and hath ceased from sin. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this day, God. Thank you, Lord, for being with me this week. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me tonight, God, to preach what you've laid on my heart. Help your audience, Lord, to hear and uh, apply this to their lives this week, God, and be a help to them. We just thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. The first thing I want to mention about this passage of Scripture is the salvation for the sinner. The first part about becoming a Christian is you got to be born again. Amen. We see here in this verse it says, For as much then as Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Christ went and died on the cross so that we can be saved. So that we could have everlasting life. He died for our sins so we didn't have to pay for them. And I am thankful for the day I accepted Christ into my life. Amen. Amen. And so that is our first part about being a Christian in the end is we got to be saved. To be a Christian, you have to be saved. You have to accept Christ into your heart. Amen. Jesus died for our sins. We see it says, uh, then Christ hath suffered. I think about the, who wrote this book, Peter. You know, I feel like he probably knows what he's talking about because he was there. He witnessed Jesus' suffering. You know, he knows what he's talking about here. He says when Jesus is suffering, he's died for our sins. We must be saved. Next, I want to see the separation of the sin. In verses 1 and 2, it says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise in the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the, in the flesh and the lust of men, but to the will of God. See, Peter here, he turns his attention to us. He says, Christ, he suffered and he died on the cross. Let me talk about you for a minute. He says, he says arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. That word, arm yourself, that means to pick up your weapon. Amen? It, pick up your weapon, arm yourselves with, likewise with the same mind. He's saying the same mind that Christ had when he was suffering and dying for our sins. That's the same kind of mind we need to have in our lives. We need to have the same mind that Christ had. Amen? We need, he needs to arm ourselves. He says Jesus suffered and we need to have that same mind because we're going to suffer too. Amen? The Bible says as Christians we shall suffer persecution. When we go through that persecution in our lives, we should have that same mindset that Jesus had. Amen. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse number 11. It says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wow. Amen. Are you prepared 
Peter's warning us here to be prepared, to put on that armor. To be, you know, he says, he, he says, arm yourselves. Put on that armor that, that the, he's talking about here. He says, be, you need to be prepared because persecution is coming in your life. It's going to happen. It happens to all Christians. It's going to happen. Amen. Um, then it says here, he, look at in the latter part of the verse, it says, For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that if we, if we, uh, that we're never just, we're just never going to sin again? No, that's not what that means. The only person to never sin is Jesus. Jesus is the only sinless person. Now, what that does mean is, is that sin will no longer have dominion over our lives. Amen. I look in, in, in and uh, let's look in verse or Romans six, verse number twelve. Romans 6, verse number 12, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. All right, look in verse number 14 too. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What it's talking about here in these verses is is not that we ain't going to never sin again. It's talking about how we can sin less. Amen? It's talking about how we go through persecution, and that is going to help us to sin less. Amen. By having that mindset that Jesus had as he was dying for our sins, we can sin less. Amen. Let's look in verse number 2. It says, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. What this verse is saying is, that the rest of our days are going to be spent not living like this world, not living like how this world lives, but living in the will of God. Amen? Having that mindset of Christ and living in the will of God will keep you separate from the world. Amen? So we see the separation of sin. Next, we're going to see the seeking for the Savior. Verse number 7, it says... But the end of all things is at hand. Here Peter, he is anticipating the coming of the Lord. Amen. And that's what we should do as Christians. We should anticipate the coming of God. Amen. I believe it's soon. I believe Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Amen. So let's look at what, what Peter says about... And Peter's anticipating the coming of God. Now, let's see what he says we should do. It says, Be ye therefore sober... And watch unto prayer. Amen. It says be sober. Now what, is that, what does that mean? That means being of the right mind. You know, having a, having a clear mind. You know, it means we need to think, we need to act, we need to talk, we need to live right. Amen. We need to be sober. What, what else does it say there? It says watch unto prayer. That word watch, it means to be calm. It means to, it means to not worry. It means to not panic. It means to, you know, be calm. Watch unto prayer. When we pray, we need to, we need to be excited about it. Amen? That, that prayer, we need to have some faith in God. We can, we can have peace and, and, and have faith in prayer that God is going to meet our every need. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful for prayer tonight. And God has helped me so much in prayer. And I, I am so thankful for the ability to just go to the throne room and talk to God. What a blessing is that? Just to be able to go to the throne room and talk directly to God. 
Verse number 8, it says, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Verse number says, and above all things. That sounds like it has some priority. Like this is important right here. Above all things. Above all things. Have fervent charity. Now that word charity, in the the Hebrew it's, it's agape. That's God's word for love. You know, we need to love one another in church. As, as our brothers and sisters of Christ, we need to love one another. We need to support one another. Hey, man. That word, charity. Hey, man. Let's see what, what it says here in verse, the latter part. It says, and above all these things, for, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Now, what does that mean? Char- that charity will cover a multitude of sin. That means... Well, that means I ain't going to go out and talk about what Brother Billy done this week and gossip to other people about his sin. I ain't going to go tell everybody about what my brother over here has been doing. I ain't going to go tell everybody. I ain't going to blab all of his sin out. It's going to cover that sin. That love that we have for one another is going to cover that sin. Amen. I think about in First John 3, verse number 14 and 15, it says... We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Jesus said that we know how we, can, we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Amen. Because we have love for one another. He says if we don't love one another, we abideth in death. Wow. Hey man, I'm... We need to love one another. Wow. Amen. We need, to, we need to love one another. He goes on in verse number 9. It says, use hospitality one unto another without grudging. Amen. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be complaining about having, getting to help one another. Wow. Amen. We, we ought to be happy to be able to help others. Yeah. Be able to help one another. Amen. Without grudging. We need to talk to one another and help wow. one another without complaining about it. Amen. Next, we see the satisfaction of suffering. Verse number 14, it says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of, God's resteth, upon, and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of your suffer uh, as a, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief. Or as a, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, glorify God on his behalf. Amen. We see here in verse number 14, it says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ. It's saying, if we... If we ever get made fun of or if we get mocked for the name of Christ, what does it say about that? It says, happy are ye. Hmm. How about that? Happy are ye. Now notice it didn't say be ye happy. It says happy are ye. That tells me that God's going to give that to me. God's going to do that. Now how, how is God going to do that? It says here, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Hey Amen. I'm glad I can be happy. When reproach comes upon me because of the spirit that lives inside of me. Gives me happiness when 
people reproach me for the cause of Christ. Amen. I've got that spirit living inside of me. Amen. Verse number 15, it says, But let none of your sufferers as, suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Now, here we look, we done looked in, in John chapter, in 1 John uh, 3, verse number 15, it says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. That's what it says. So it, that's kind of what it's talking about here is, is the things of this world, right? It's, uh, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer. You know, it's, it's talking like if I were to go to work and steal like a stapler or something and then my boss find out about it, he would punish me for that. He maybe fire me and I would suffer for that, right? That's what it's talking about here. We, don't, we need to suffer. If we're going to suffer, we need to be suffering for the cause of Christ. Hey, man, we, not, we don't need to be suffering through the things of this world, but for the cause of Christ. In verse number 16, it says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, glorify God on his behalf. Hey, man, we ought to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Hey, man, sometimes, you know, I think about Peter here. You know, he knows something about this, too. He denied Christ three times. He was ashamed. But he says, after all that, don't be ashamed. It's not worth it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I know sometimes it can be hard to talk to people about, about Jesus. It, it can be hard. Uh, take it from me, I have a hard time talking to people about the weather. You know, I'm a, I'm a very introverted person. I have a hard time talking to people. But I'm telling you, if God can use me to talk to people about Jesus, he can use anybody. I can tell you that for a fact. Because I know who I am. I know how hard it is for me to just talk to people. And if I can tell people about Jesus, you can too. Right. Amen. God has been so good to me. Amen. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to tell y'all about what Jesus has done for me in my life. Amen. He's been so good. He has been so good. I have no sad songs to sing. And uh, it says here in the last part of this verse, But let him glorify God on this, on this behalf. Amen. We need to glorify God. Give God all the glory. Amen. We can't do nothing in ourselves, but we can give God all the glory. Amen. Because God has done everything for us. Amen. He deserves our praise and our glory. We need to magnify Christ. Amen. So how's your life? How, how's, your, how's your life going? Are you, are you prepared for the suffering ahead? Have you put on the armor of God? Have you gotten to the mindset of Christ? Amen. You can have that joy through persecution. You can have that happiness through the Holy Spirit. Amen. God says there's peace in prayer. Amen. He says we can have peace and faith in prayer. Amen. You can have that tonight. Amen. I hope I was a help to you. I hope you can apply this to your lives this week. And, and it'll be a help to you. Amen. I'm done. Thank you. get along with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We was talking about it over there in the over there in the prayer room. Clarence had said he was glad he'd come to a church where we could enjoy being here. And I said, uh, you know, you can do that as long as you've got uh, not got any contention. Uh, a lot of things take care of itself as long as you've got unity among the believers. I was reading this week story about a little girl and uh, 
They lived in an apartment complex. Finally, the little girl got up eight or nine years old, and the daddy had decided she was old enough to get to go to the neighbor's apartment and play with another little girl. And so she went over there, and he told her to be home at 6. Well, it got 6.10. He opened the door to look down the hall. No little girl, 6.15, 6.20. Finally, she heard the knock on the door. Answered the door and asked the little girl, said, uh, why are you late? I told you to be here at 6. And she said, well, right as I was leaving, Sally broke her doll. And he said, oh, he said, I guess you was there. Was you there? Did you stay try to help her fix it? He said, no. She said, no. I stayed and helped her cry. And you know, that's the way Christians ought to be. When one of us has got trouble, we ought to shoulder up under it, lessen the load, show compassion and love one toward another. Gabe was talking about how we go in. I was say this right here, and then I'm going to give a little altar call. This week, I was watching an interview with Sterling Marlin. Some of you that's old-timey NASCAR fans like me remember Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin was in third, fourth place, fourth place, I guess, in the Daytona 500 when uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was killed. And they was talking about that race, and he was talking about how he kind of felt guilty over the years because he was right there, you know, and there was some bumping and scraping that went on, Dale ended up getting killed and whatnot. He's talking about all that. I got to think about the last, this last lap, last lap. And anybody that watched racing knew that Dale Earnhardt Senior always went all out, love him, hate him. He raced to win every single Sunday. But that Sunday, honestly, anybody that's watching that knows he was holding back and trying to, trying to keep the field off of his son. He wanted Dale Jr. to win or, or Michael Waltrip either way to win the 500. And so he was blocking and keeping the field off. But because he was doing something he wasn't accustomed to doing, it cost him his life. What I'm trying to say is I don't want to make a wreck on the last lap. God has called us to excel, to race for the win in our Christian lives, to be the very best Christians we can possibly be. It's like Gabe was preaching. Wouldn't it be a shame right here at the end? Last lap to make a wreck. I want to finish well. I want to, one of these days, Brother Bobby, when they lay my casket out in front of the church for people to be able to say he run a good race, <laughs> he finished the course, he kept the faith. I wonder how it's going to be for all of us. There's people in here tonight that if something don't change, you'll not make it. Oh, you might make it to heaven, but you're not going to make it across the finish line with glory in your heart. That's what Gabe was preaching about tonight. And that's what I want to do. Let's bow our heads for a few moments. Justice, if you'll come sound the piano. Father, thank you, Lord, for the message and the man. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd touch hearts across this build and help us, Lord, to finish well. God, I pray that you'd put it in some hearts tonight. Gather around this altar and ask for your help in finishing well. Do that now as only you can. We'll thank you for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Her heads are bowed, her eyes are closed as she plays. I wonder if there'd be some say, Preacher, I want to finish well. I don't want to make a wreck toward the end.
I don't want to crash toward the end. I want to come across the finish line serving the Lord.